Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's tape recorder. I don't know how you got to be able to listen to it, but and, and that he even has a tape recorder at this point in our time is really extraordinary because there are better things for, to listen to stuff on. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Kathleen Madigan. Penny guy, that's why people are like, oh my God, Charlie Rose, can you believe Charlie Rose is a big firm? Um, isn't it, is, are, you, are you shocked? No, I'm not. I would be shocked if you told me he was a furry. Been a while since we spoke to Kathleen. Interestingly, uh, her last appearance is still one of our most downloaded episodes. How about that? We have the song of the week coming up from Churches, another brand new track that just snuck up on me. We're going to listen to that at the end of the show. And uh, it's fortuitous we have Kathleen on because part of our discussion was about, uh, oh, I guess how times have changed and the way we look at you know people and groups and things like that, which leads us into our dumb bit. I wanted to talk about this last year. It's kind of an ongoing issue, but a lot of current events kept getting in the way each week and or I got lazy and just re-ran an old dumb bit. But anyway, uh, there was some uh, new news on this issue. After 70 years, the Cleveland Indians are planning to officially stop using their long-held Chief Wahoo logo on team uniforms. That news broke uh, this past Monday or Tuesday, I think it was, and, and many Cleveland Indians fans uh, were very understanding and very sympathetic. And I'm just kidding, they were a lot like this lady. And he doesn't hurt anybody. He offends a race of people. Oh, he does not. Give racist. me a break. It's it is a racist, not racist. No, it is a racist name and logo. It would, you would have, is it, racist. It's racist. That is from a few years ago, uh, opening day, Native Americans protest the name. Uh, they've been doing it for the past couple of years now. And if you go to YouTube, you can see some of these protests. And uh, it's it's a lot of people like that. I love at the end where she's like, oh, Obama's the racist. So that was, you know, that was back when President Obama was still in office. So I was wa- so as I was watching uh, these protests and, and the fan reactions, I thought, well, you know, maybe they're just cherry picking, you know, some of these people, and, and you know, because it's, I'm sure the protest lasted, a, you know, a, at least an hour or so, and these videos are like 10 minutes long. So I'm thinking maybe they, they cherry pick some of these responses just to get the worst of the worst. No, if you go on Twitter and hashtag Chief Wahoo, you can probably still find, I would say 80% of the responses and there's way worse ones by the way they're screaming in the in the native americans faces and stuff like that people get really upset about it and uh no i would say that that's probably a fairly accurate assessment but here's the thing i am a cleveland indians fan uh my former co-worker and friend ryan is a cleveland indians fan and for disclosure by the way uh ryan is a actually a conservative he voted for mitt romney which kind of surprised me uh, i would say he was a moderate republican though he does not care for mr trump but just to give you an idea of you know where at least two indian fans are coming from and i guess my friend steve i'd throw in there too he was in on this discussion that we had uh, last summer uh, in the office um is that we're we're fine with getting it's it's a dicky logo, folks. It just is, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of they don't show a lot of Cleveland Indians fans saying that. They just show all the ones getting upset, and they show the Native Americans saying that it's it's racist and it's awful, and they're not wrong. Uh, but that's the, that's the thing. They don't ask any you know Indians fans who su- support them and say, yeah, we we should probably get rid of. It. There was one guy on Twitter I saw who was an Indians fan who said he's not going to root for the team anymore. This is the beginning of last season. Said he wasn't going to root for the team anymore until they got rid of that hideous logo. Um, and you know, and 
I, then we get to the thing about the, the, the name. I mean, well, let's get to back to the logo for a second, the Chief Wahoo logo. There's one guy on YouTube who was screaming at one of the protesters saying, well, no one gets upset. The Irish are upset about the, the Fighting Irish logo, and, and you could extend that to the Boston Celtics logo. Here's the thing. The Fighting Irish logo was designed by a man named Thomas Drake, and that sounds like a very English name to me. And so the, this is a white guy designed that logo, and the college liked it, and the the college uh, decided to use the name Fighting Irish because it was derisively used by Northwestern University against them. This is from the Notre Dame uh, website. And so they decided to use it as kind of a badge of honor. Uh, no Native Americans chose to use the name Cleveland Indians or to draw that hideous logo. The Boston Celtics logo uh, was drawn by a Jewish gentleman. His Red Arbach's brother drew the Boston Celtic. But again, you know, the whole town it's of it, it, Boston is, you know, I wouldn't say it's predominantly Irish, but there's a big Irish population. And again, Irish folks, you know, now looking back, we're all white folks, we're all Europeans. I know back when the Italians first arrived and the Irish first arrived, there was a little bit of dissension among the ranks, but now we're all white Europeans. And that's a big difference between white folks drawing a caricature of an Irish guy versus white people drawing a caricature of Native Americans. Big, big difference. So, we have a guy here in Cincinnati, and when the uh, his name is Mike McConnell, he's a radio host. He's all right. He's a little little bit libertarian, uh, but that really has anything to do with, with this. He, uh, when the Confederate flag controversy was brewing a couple of years ago, he rightly observed. I would agree with this notion, but not entirely. That he said that when he was a kid, and he's only a few years older than me, in the 70s and 80s, if you had a Confederate flag, it meant you liked Leonard Skinner, and that's a funny line, and it's not untrue. But the problem with that is once you peel back that Confederate flag and realize, you know, what it does really stand for, then it's kind of hard to just use it as a symbol for liking, you know, I don't know, southern food and, you know, auto racing and whatever and other folks down south uh, enjoy. And same thing with the Indians logo. When I was growing up, Chief Wahoo, you know, I, I grew up in a school where they taught us from like early on, from like first grade on, especially our music teacher, oddly, she was really passionate about the Native American cause, that we treated Native Americans horribly. So I knew that all along. I just didn't associate the fact that Chief Wahoo was this goofy racist logo you know, it was just the symbol of my baseball team that I also liked since first grade. And then when I got older and realized, and as I've, you know, looked at it in the past couple of years even more closely, you look at it and go, yeah, it's a dicky logo. It has to go. Other teams, of course, have been swept up in this. And I, there is a, a point you can ask, well, how far does this, does this go? The uh, Florida University, uh, or University of Florida, technically, um, right? There's a Florida State. No, University of Florida is the Gators. Florida State is the Seminoles. Seminoles were an Indian tribe in Florida. Uh, they did not like the use of their name and uh, people running around who weren't native Americans, you know, dressed as Native Americans, and they finally came to an agreement. Uh, I guess the university funds scholarships for Native Americans, and the fact that, and this, I've heard this argument before for other teams, you know, the fact that their name is Seminoles reminds people that Seminoles were once in Florida, and I really wouldn't know that if it weren't for that. And the same thing with the Eastern Michigan, formerly Hurons, now Eagles. Uh, when they changed their name, there was some controversy. The Huron tribe said, you should change that because we have nothing to do with the university and you took our land. And the, some folks I read in news reports said, well, I mean, and uh, members of the Huron tribe said, you know, well, people really wouldn't know we were in Michigan if the name of the uh, school's uh, athletic teams wasn't Huron. So there's that argument. Uh, then we get an interesting case of uh, the, like the Braves. Braves only associated with Native Americans. I would say that would have to go. The Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs got a lot of grief. I don't think Chiefs is necessarily an Indian thing, but the way they have the logo on their helmet with the arrowhead, it's marketed that way. And they do have a fellow Native American garb running around the field, or they used to. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if they, they do what, uh, well, here, here's 
my next point, what the Golden State Warriors did. The Golden State Warriors were the Philadelphia Warriors uh, back in the 60s. If you look up their logo, it's almost as hideous as Chief Wahoo. It's a Native American fellow dribbling a basketball down the court uh, in full you know, stereotypical garb. And then when they moved to San Francisco, they were still the Warriors. And their logo just became a headdress inside a circle that said San Francisco Warriors. And then about the mid-70s, not mid-70s, early 70s, they moved across the bay to Oakland and became the Golden State Warriors, at which time their logo became a basketball with the state of California on the left-hand side. So they completely dumped all the Native American Association. And indeed, from like 1997 to 2005, their logo was uh, a, just a warrior, but it wasn't a Native American warrior. It's more like a science fiction-y, superhero-looking warrior. And now, of course, if you look at their logo, it's the uh, Golden Gate Bridge uh, and a basketball. And so they've completely dumped. And no one's hassling them because, you know, Warriors isn't necessarily Native American. And the way they're marketing it, it's not Native American at all. It's They're marketing the, the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. So back to Chief Wahoo. Chief Wahoo has to go. I enjoyed him growing up, but now that I know, you know, a little more, uh, it is awful. And the people's reaction, like I would say the majority of Tribe fans, because from what I've been able to tell, at least by social media, maybe there's the more vocal ones. Uh, it, that, well, that doesn't even matter. There's enough people in the, the fan base that are being horrible about it that convinces me even more that Chief Wahoo has to go. Now, the name... I don't think the name is racist. I think the name, in retrospect, is stupid because, of course, you know, we, we don't call them Indians anymore. They are Native Americans. Although, I uh, heard a radio story on the CBC a couple of years ago, and this fellow from one of the universities up there was out studying what they call the First Nation people in Canada. So they don't use the term Native American. They use First Nation. And he was kept saying the word Indians, and he stopped himself and said, oh, by the way, I'm saying Indians and not First Nation because that's what they call themselves. Now, I don't know if that's the case here. I don't know what the preferred term is, but... In any case, you know, it's, Indians is simply inaccurate whether they call themselves Indians or not because Indians are folks from the subcontinent. They are not folks that uh, were first here when white folks showed up. So uh, the name, I'm not sure. They, the protesters want both the name and Chief Wahoo gone. And, you know, if, it's, if the name is still that offensive, fine. They used to be called the Cleveland Spiders. I'm not crazy about that name. Before that, they were the Cleveland Blues. That would be great. Cleveland Blues is fine. Then my hockey team and baseball team would have the same name. So I'm all for that. So uh, yeah, I guess one step at a time. I think once we get rid of Chief Wahoo, uh, I think people maybe come around and look at the name and go, well, is it is it like Warriors or is it like Braves? You know, is it is it really that bad? But you know, one step at a time. I think we are moving in the right direction. And of course, you know, it the name and the chief, they're not what's important. What's important is the team. And a downtrodden city, historically like Cleveland, we need people on our side. We don't need to be, be jerks to people because it isn't about, you know, uh, saving some hideous cartoon. Uh, being Rooting for the team is about this. Swung in and belted to deep left. Away, back, gone. Our great play-by-play man, Tom Hamilton. I know if you're a baseball fan, you know, your guy is the best. He's not, trust me. Our guy's the best. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if we can still call them the Tribe. Maybe we can have that discussion. Maybe we call them the Cleveland Tribe. Ryan, that was Ryan's idea. Because Tribe isn't necessarily associated with just Native American folks. It's a group of people. So uh, Tribe might be fine. We could we could run that by folks. And, and we could have a little dialogue instead of screaming at each other. I mean, these people have had, a, had hard enough having their land stolen and, you know, being you know, uh, uh, discriminated against. And yes, they are discriminated against. You stop it right now. And then, uh, you know, have a little dialogue and then maybe we can get to the uh, the real problem uh, like this lady was trying to say. Obama if you is it, racist. It, it's racist. It's offensive. It's then offensive talk to Obama. To a, maybe he'll Obama help you out. Idiot. 
I want to tell y'all that this episode of PF Tape Recorder is brought to you by Old School Shirts, and you can find that at oldschoolshirts.com. What is that, PF? Well, you may recall that uh, we were involved with Home Shirts Cleveland for a long time, an offshoot of Cincy Shirts, and it featured vintage apparel from Cleveland, Uh, you know, stores and teams that aren't around anymore, but people still love and remember, and we were also in some other cities as well. But it's been relaunched as oldschoolshirts.com, and now includes Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Louisville, Manhattan, Milwaukee, Nashville, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Portland. Whoops, I I got lost track here. I went off the thing here. Uh, Cleveland, of course, Seattle, and St. Louis. Now, uh, some cities we have a lot of stuff, like uh, Cleveland and Indianapolis. Uh, Others, we're adding stuff, like Chicago and Phoenix and Seattle. But uh, do head there for your vintage apparel needs. We'll be adding more throughout 2018. In fact, uh, we're going to be involved a lot more with old school shirts in 2018. So do go there. Start shopping. It's a great way to support the show. Kathleen Madigan is a stand-up comedian originally from St. Louis, Missouri. She tours all over the country every year, filling theaters and comedy clubs. Here now is our interview with Kathleen Madigan. Good to talk to you again. It's been a long time since we spoke. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Yeah. I was telling your publicist that uh, even though it's been a while, yours is still consistently one of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, it's good to hear people want to hear what, what Kathleen Madigan has to say. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I know you're yeah. on this on this big tour, and you uh, recently uh, uh, did a special, but what's what's new with you uh, these days? Um, well, the special, well, I took a little, like, um, like three weeks off around Christmas just to have fun and goof off, but um, now I'm back out hitting it hard, and then the audio from Bother Jesus is available February 9th, so that's been kind of um, taking up a lot of my time to get all that stuff ready. And then I'm just writing uh, new jokes and having fun out on the road. I, I've done, like, I did a Comedy Central thing that'll be on. It's a show called This Is Not Happening. Yeah, Ari That'll air. Stuff, stuff, yeah, stuff like that. But um, no monster, monster project. <laughs> just trying to finish up the last one. Okay. And uh, so what did you do when you were goofing off? Were you back home in St. Louis, or were you out in L.A., or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, right now it's snowing. So I won't be doing anything outside. But yes, I would rather be golfing um, or goofing off and drinking and um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, that that's got to be nice, man. To, to, to live that lifestyle. Well, it's, it's so yeah, it's pretty good so far. I gotta <laughs> say, I keep waiting on the door for somebody to knock on the door and say, uh, "Hey, man, do you have to get a job right now?" <laughs> and so far, it hasn't happened in thirty years. So I'm lucky. Wow. That'd be terrible if it did happen. So, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, that's been big in the news lately, I guess, a lot is, you know, a lot of, you know, we've always heard that it, it's it's rough being a comedian, one. And if you listen to Jackie Cation's show, uh, and uh, who did she do the show with? I can't remember. Um, uh, Lori Kilmartin. Um, you know, that they talk about being female comedians and things like that. Is it, has it always been rougher, do you think, or we're just finding out now how horrible guys are and society is in general, or are things getting better? Because, I mean, I know comedians, you know, guys or gals, you don't get paid, you stay in shitty condos, but then, you know, you know, then there's a whole set of problems, it sounds like, if you're a female comedian. I Well, I mean, I'm... 
I think it's like any other job. Like if you're in a, because I've worked in restaurants and bars, and then I had another job. Blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes there's just that guy, right? And you're like, don't, uh, FYI, Bob in accounting is a perv, and then <laughs> we all just know that, and you just know Bob's a perv. Yeah. Now the thing is, Bob should stop that, okay? But I don't know that Bob's gonna stop that, so we just all know it. So it doesn't. I don't think it has anything to do with comedy, and none of it's surprising. Like. Even any guy. That's why people are like, oh, my God, Charlie Rose. Can you believe Charlie Rose is a big perv? Um, isn't it, is, are, you, are you shocked? No, I'm not. <laughs> I would be shocked if you told me he was a furry. Yeah. I'd be like, what? Does he really dress up like a cat on weekends? That's crazy. Huh. <laughs> like, it's just not shocking. And I don't know Charlie Rose personally, but sure. I mean, why not Charlie Rose? Like, just because you're old or you look whatever, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of pervs out there. But we, but you don't really hear that on the other side where guys have meetings at work where they're like, uh, guess what? Cynthia in accounting is a perv. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just doesn't happen as much. So I think it's just kind of the world. I don't think it's comedy. Yeah. I did work one place where this uh, one gal was all over my buddy, like, would run her hands through his hair and things like that. But, you know, as I'm now 50 years old, I can look back and assure you that is much more the exception than it was the rule. It's, it's, all, it's 99 times out of 100, it's the other way. And it's and it's always uncomfortable and icky. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's part of, everybody should just, uh, you know, but the, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to have a conversation about sexual assault in the workplace at Thanksgiving with a bunch of 75-year-old guys from the Midwest. Because no. the truth, my dad was like, wait a minute. Does this mean we can't even wink at a gal in the office? Okay, dad. First of all, nobody winks at people anymore. If you winked at a millennial, they think there was something wrong with your eye. Yeah. Like, what, what is winking? It's quit calling women gal. Stop it, dad. Stop it. That's way done. And she's not a gal Friday. That's that. Gal Friday. <laughs> yeah, there's just certain. Uh, you know, by look, yeah, those are days gone by. So we're moving on. That's always a good thing. We're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. So at least on that front. Yeah. Like. I guess the thing now, I saw this on actually on BBC News. People are now upset with the TV show Friends. They're very upset at how it was homophobic and it was racist and all this other stuff. All that. I'm looking back thinking, like, I watch this show a lot still with my wife and daughter, and I think that's a little exaggerated. You want a horrific look at at the past. Uh, look up your love boat. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> really? I never noticed because oh I was so young when that was on. I just liked well, it. I'd have to look at it with a different eye. Oh, do yourself a favor. With the uh, MeTV, that station that uh, the Tribune owns out of Chicago, that it, it's um, if you have an antenna, it's one of the sub-channels, one of your local stations, I'm sure, and they show Love Boat, weirdly, at, on Sunday afternoons, but as I told Pardo, my wife and I watch it Saturday nights at 9 like you're supposed to. And, uh, oh, my God, oh. it is just it's terrible. If an African-American couple shows up, they know Isaac. Always. Without exception. Um, the, of course, the crew can sleep with passengers. Uh, yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. And it was, like you said, Saturday night, 9 o'clock, you know, in the 70s. That was just how it was. So. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I haven't noticed. Yeah. So to that end, I mean, do you ever feel that comedians kind of have to, like, you know, to some bits, you know, because I guess some shows now we're supposed to be mad at, can can you look back at your old material and go, hmm, you know, maybe that wasn't, you know, a thing to be joking about, or maybe that's a, not just you, but I'm saying in general, do you think people have that that kind of struggle? Yeah, 
Well, at least I think it's they, they're more aware of it, and then you can make the decision moving forward, like, to know what is probably, um, you know, maybe considered offensive by most people, and then you can decide if you want to just be offensive or would you like to be um, moving forward with everyone else. So you can stay behind. You know, it's an option. Yeah. But at least I think now people are starting to get, like, what's okay and what's kind of not okay, I guess. And yeah. it's like consensus. I mean, you know, there's no law. Well, I mean, there are laws about certain things, but I mean, you know, if you want to say things that are controversial or whatever, I guess you have the right to. But you, you know, I think now you'll have a good idea of where you are versus the majority. Yeah, it, it's strange. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, you go back and look at like, you know, like sixteen candles and things like that, and people say, "Well, you shouldn't watch that because it's you know, it's, it's horrible to Asians," and it's and it is a little horrible. But then you look back and you can you can I think you can learn from that and be like oh we were kind of dicks even though the lot, a lot of most of the movie is good <laughs> we were kind of dicks back then and you can say we probably shouldn't do that and we should teach our youngers you know hey don't do that we did this and we were horrible so maybe there's a lesson to be learned from it I don't know well I mean I think it also has to do with age yes like I guess a couple days ago there was a Korean woman in one of the meetings at the White House. And she's oh, yeah. pretty. And <laughs> yes. Trump, Trump said, well, how come she's, but she's American, right? And he goes, well, how come she's not negotiating with Kim Jong-un? <laughs> Just because she's Korean and pretty. They call her, like, and he dude, called the, he she's the, American. Yes, and he called her the pretty Asian lady. <laughs> and yeah, but I mean, what he is 71. I'm yeah. not excusing it. It's true. But people forget, you know, these people, Orrin Hatch is mouthing off, you're 84. Be yeah. quiet, Papa. That's, I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to. I don't want to hear from any of anybody over eighty unless I personally know them and they need something. That's yeah. it. Sometimes, like it's, it's just it's crazy to me that people are forgetting how old these people are and that everybody seems fine with the fact we're being governed by a Florida Bridge Club. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not okay with it. No, like if I let them do my taxes, it would be so they nice had something to do that day. But I would then take my taxes to my younger brother. And go, hey, could you get your accountant buddy to look over this? Like, I, no. My parents are 75, and they're really great. I'm not I'm not saying old people aren't valuable, but right. I can also tell you my parents have really good hours, not full days. Like, from <laughs> 10 to 2, they're totally on fire. They know where things are. They have answers to questions. But after 2, they may not know where their vehicle is. I mean, it's so when Trump miles off stuff that he says, you know, I do. I'm not excusing it, but I am taking into consideration the fact he's 71. Yeah. So when, you, when we talk about the love boat and shows 20 years ago, that's still where Donald's at. That's true. Yeah. So, so. you know, think you just got to go take it and go. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Move on. I just don't think you'd have. A, if you had young people, I don't think it would be quite so crazy. Yeah. I, I sometimes it's hard to tell. My dad's 84. And I was talking to him on the phone the other day. We were talking about why we can't pick up certain stations where we live. And we got in this kind of nerd discussion about uh, radio broadcasting. He said, oh, well, there was this a guy in Cleveland uh, that owned a radio station. And he was really smart. He got this Chinaman that knew a lot about engineering. And I'm like, well, he's doing that for humor. I'm pretty sure he's doing that for humor. It's just, be, you know, to make fun of the way. Because he, he always used to make fun right. of the way people used to talk in old-timey movies. Like, oh, that guy's really sore at me. And he always say, nobody ever talked like that in those movies in, in right. real life. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess you got to kind of know know your audience and, and know the source, I guess, too. Yeah. 
so what are you what else are you talking about on stage these days? Is it are you talking more about politics, less about politics? I know some people are just tired of it, but some um, people you... a, a little bit more just because it's so in our face. I mean, you can't even you can't get on Twitter without hearing something about something like that's why I don't want Oprah as our next president. I don't want a I don't want a loud person. I want a quiet person that does their job because now we're all in on this whether we want to be or not we're, we're all involved <clears throat> because even if you said i'm going to ignore donald well good luck yeah i mean you can't <laughs> so so he's taken uh he's taken a chunk of my act yes i don't give him as much time as he would probably like but mostly to the same things i usually talk about forever and ever my family traveling just the lighter, sillier things, but yeah, and even the Donald stuff, I keep it on the light yeah. um, and silly side. I'm not getting all crazy trying to change anybody's mind because you're not going to change anybody's mind. No, you know, you might as well just, I just try to point out the absurd. Yeah, and I think we've we've proven now beyond the shadow of a doubt that while you know politicians are are awful and lazy, maybe we should have politicians being politicians and not you know reality stars and. And uh, maybe even yeah, that's why I don't want Oprah, and I don't yeah. want to be my best self, and I don't want to feel bad if I don't want to get off the couch all day. Oprah's too positive for me. <laughs> I'd be more of a Frances McDormand lady if I was going to pick a lady. I was going to say, yeah, I would... take Frances McDormand. Be great. Yeah, I was. Just... <laughs> I was listening to Never Not Funny, and they, uh, it was an old episode, but they said uh, maybe a Tom Hanks. But even at that, I'm like, nah, let's let let's try to make politicians be better at their job and, and leave it at that, you know. Yeah, that would be great if <laughs> we could do that. If one thing Donald's taught us, we would really like someone who's actually done it. Yeah. But then again, if you voted for him, he is doing what he said. So, you know, the Trump voter people probably go, yeah, he's doing a good job. You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, he is doing what he said he'd do. Your your buddy Lewis Black your buddy Lewis Black put it best on the show a couple of months ago. He he said, I, you know, I understand people wanting to, to to find someone that's going to blow the place up, but nowhere to place the bombs, you know. And he has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I think Donald's just in it to you know for the same reason Donald's always been in for things, uh, attention and money. That's yes. all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you do you think he's going to make it for the and whole it, whole term? Uh, no, I think he'll quit. I think when things get super weird, um, because the history of Donald's behavior is when things get uh, super weird or crappy, he exits. Always. If you take the Atlantic City mess or if a golf course goes wrong, he just abandoned ship. So I think he'll abandon ship. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to look at his past as a lead to the future and a map, the map says... Um, when it isn't fun anymore and it isn't enough attention or enough money, Donald abandons the whole project. And right now we are the project. Yeah. So I expect to be the closer Mueller gets and the more people flip, uh, I think he'll try. I guess you, I don't know if he, I don't know the rules, but if you could just pardon everybody and then quit, that would be my prediction. Oh, uh, yeah. Within three years, with the counting last year. Yeah. So then the next. Actually, within the next year and a half, I think. I think he uh, finishes this term. He doesn't run again. He he declares victory and says, "I did everything. I did everything I said I was going to do, and the economy's great, and uh, you know, and all." He all, could, yeah, because you could keep things tied up in court so long. That's what I said to Lewis in the beginning. I said, if he does all these things he says he's going to do, and he does them without permission, then it'll go to the courts. But you could keep that court, and he's made a living off that too. Oh yeah. 
by filing bankruptcies. He's very good at using the tools given to get what he wants. That is a skill that he truly does have. So, you know, there might be a way to just entangle everything for all four years, like you're saying, but I don't think you can entangle Mueller for four years. It it can't go on for four years. I mean, there's no way. So that might be the thing. Yeah, that is a good point. He, he, he people, you know, we we say he's a dope, and in most cases he is. But he's he's good at what he's good at. I, I guess he's great at what he's what he's good at. Yeah. I mean, he's a master media manipulator. No one's ever played the system like him. He's no. a playoff. Yeah, <laughs> he's good at it. Yeah, you just have to think. You know, is this what he wants? Is what he wants what I want? And then if it is, you probably are happy with what he's done. Yep. But if it's not, you're a, you're you're shocked. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my god, can we do that? And then he does it. You're like, oh wow, I didn't know you could do that. Well, hopefully, okay. that's weird. I hope he'll still keep providing a wealth of material uh, for you, and uh, we'll see you here in Cincinnati, February third, I guess. And um, so the the tour is this is the beginning of the tour. Or this is. Uh... Oh, yeah, it's the beginning. It's January through May, and then okay. then we'll add fall dates. Probably in the spring, we'll add the fall dates and. Yeah, so this is the beginning. So, so far, I've gotten very lucky weather-wise, and I hope yeah. that continues. So my traveling is easy-peasy, easy but so far, so good. Awesome, yeah. Uh, I was going to say that uh, Jackie Cation uh, describes the comedians like you as the golden retrievers of comedy. I've never heard her say that, but you're, everyone's always happy to see you. And it's so true. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love that she's that expression. Um, so, yeah, great. Well, uh, safe travels. Uh, we'll see you in town in a couple of weeks, and, and good luck with the rest of the tour, and thanks for taking the time today. Awesome. Great talking to you. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Ashley. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Kathleen Madigan for being on the show. Kathleen's Bothering Jesus Tour is coming to a town near you, I am almost certain. February 8th, she's in Lincoln, Nebraska. February 9th, Des Moines, Iowa. February 10th, Kansas City, Mo, and then a run at Hermosa Beach, California. Uh, I think a buddy of mine lives out there now, actually. Uh, March 1st through the 3rd, and then she's coming back east to, to Michigan, uh, New York State, uh, all the upstate New York, that is. So KathleenMadigan.com for all your Kathleen Madigan needs. She's also, uh, she was on an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. I believe that is on Netflix now. I'm not sure if they're still running it on Crackle or running old episodes on Crackle, because that way it would be free uh, if you don't have Netflix. Uh, or just get someone's Netflix password. There you go. Although they're cracking down on that. Um, let me see. So what does that take us to? Uh, let me see. To wrap up here, oh, go to OldSchoolShirts.com, of course, and buy yourself a vintage t-shirt or cincyshirts.com also works and uh, I'll tell you about some other sites in the next coming weeks there's also some other interesting developments uh, in the shirt department but uh, I'll fill you uh, not ready to, to discuss any of that just yet but what I am ready to discuss is the song of the week song of the week is from churches, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Now, you know, uh, people know me as, you know, liking the 80s and, you know, some 60s stuff and like that. But I do like a lot of contemporary artists, of course, including the Vaccines, the 1975. Uh, producer Lizzie has gotten me into Jewel Vera. Their second album is really good. We played a track off of that at the end of the top uh, six of 2017 a couple of weeks ago. So go back and listen to that. 
And uh, But yeah, and churches, of course, would certainly fall into that category. Their new single is called Get Out, and it, it sounds very churches-y, as you would expect, but it also sounds like they're just kind of dipping back a little bit into kind of that classic synth sound. Uh, it's funny, the other day I was home working, I wanted to have something on in the background, and I said, I'll just put on Synth Britannia, and I'll probably have to turn it off uh, after a few minutes. It's a documentary that was on um, BBC Channel 4 a couple of years ago. And I said, I'm not going to watch all of this. I wound up watching all of it. Over the course of a couple of days, I would stop it, you know, and go back and, you know, as I was doing paperwork and things like that, I'd put it on in the background. But yeah, I uh, recommend Synth Britannia if you want to uh, learn the history of synth pop, particularly in Britain. I hope they would do an American version one of these days. But anyway, uh, Church is kind of calling back to that sound a little bit with this new tune, Get Out. Uh, it's got a great hook in the chorus. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's our song of the week, Get Out by Church's PF's tape recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Never knowing what I wanted Knowing what